The Baseball Together Network presents the Seattle Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Julie Young. And now, Seattle Baseball Together. Welcome to this month's episode of the Seattle Baseball Together Podcast. And thank you for joining us again for another monthly Seattle Mariners fan therapy session. Joining us on the couch here, I am one of your hosts. My name is Brad. And as always, I'm joined by our guy, Jewel. How are you this month, Jewel? Um, congested, but congested. feeling great. <laughs> he's gonna fight through he's gonna fight through for us we're gonna be fight here for people, about an hour we'll we'll say about an hour do you make it through an hour jewel i prefer the baseball family of course. of course excellent all right good to hear jewel all right this month let's go we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna recap the month of june um i can't believe that it's already the end of june jewel like we're like a month away from the trade deadline we got a couple weeks till the all-star break this season is just flying by and i don't love it just because of the way things have gone before we get too far into things here let's go ahead we're going to recap the month of june talk about some transactions because there have been a lot of them and then we each have five takeaways from the month that we want to share so first things first june i feel like as a whole jewel has been much much better than may a ton better it's like Like, may was rough but june has seen a lot of wins some really mm -hmm. soul-crushing losses but literally the best starting pitcher starting pitching in the mlb yes yeah best pitching in baseball right now starting pitching at least the problem is the bats have been ice cold right bats have been not good like that's terrible so i have right here so compared to the month of may so the Mariners went 10 and 18 in May, scored 106 runs, gave up 131. In June, for, uh, as of today, because they beat the Orioles during the day, this is uh, today is Wednesday, um, 15 and 13, and one, what they score nine runs today? So 105 to 96, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so almost as many runs, but the defense and pitching has been way, way, way better. I feel like they're headed in the direction they need to be, right? Oh, absolutely. Especially with, you know, with, you know, some key guys on the field again. Mm -hmm. Kyle Lewis is back on the field. Mitch Hanniger's back on the field. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's only, I think it's a matter of days before we get those guys back. At least Kyle Lewis. Um, it's encouraging to see that he's back around the team. For those of you who don't know, um, he took a fastball, so he got hit in the shoulder. But then, as he went to dodge the ball, uh, his helmet came off, and then the the ball, as it glanced off his shoulder, hit him in the head without a helmet. So he got a concussion, and he's been out for a while. And I've seen people like I've seen people saying like, "Oh, he should be back by now. He should be back." It's like, no, no, that's concussions. I mean, I baseball family, I've had five of them. And they each have been incredibly different. They each have put me on my butt for a different amount of time. A couple, one, I was blacked out for about a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other ones weren't as bad. Um, I was this close to second impact syndrome on my Yikes. fourth one. Um, luckily, I just worsened my symptoms. I didn't have anything worse. But, um, yeah, concussions are no joke. They literally, like yeah. Kyle Lewis said, you know, they keep you in bed for – he said he didn't leave the bed for a week or 10 days. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I got one in high school. I took a fastball to the back of the head. And then my coach was like, oh, are you okay? Like how many fingers, you know, ball messing with me? Not really doing like a concussion check. 
And so they sent me back out there to play catcher, and I was missing every ball. And they're like, catch the middle one. I'm like, well, there's only two. And he's like, wait, are you serious? I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you need to come out. <laughs> yeah, like you're done. You're done. You're yeah. done. So concussions are no joke. I, if Honestly, if Kyle Lewis missed a couple more weeks because that's what it took, I'd be fine with it. Like the dude can take as long as he needs. Yes. A, he's earned it. And B, I care more about his long-term health than – getting on the field right now because yeah it, that's what matters um one guy Mitch i'm Hanniger, a worried about as far as injuries oh. is you know i'll go ahead with mitch Hanniger and then we'll go to oh, i was gonna say mitch Hanniger has been out there he we saw him take batting practice yesterday uh he's i think he ran the bases as well right um i don't think he's running the bases but he said he's been jogging every day for the last you know two weeks that's that's he's done a lot of jogging really so he's been the activity's been there. You know, he's kept his body in shape, which is, you know, what a lot of guys try to do, depending on the mm-hmm. injury. You know, that's why pitchers are a little can kind of push back quicker, you know, closer to their 10 days. You know, mm-hmm. Ty France, he'll probably push back closer to his 10 days just because, you know, he can keep his body moving. He can use everything yeah. else, everything else, you know, some plasma injections, and he'll probably be good to go. Yeah. Yeah, so we should be. I think we'll see Mitch Haniger go down for a rehab assignment here within the next week or so, and I think he'll be back on the field. I, I mean, we've it's been projected since the beginning that he was was going to be back about the All Star break, but I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see him for a week before the All Star break, and that will be enough to get him going, and he's going to be ready to come out of the gate for the second half of the season. It'll be fantastic. Um, you you were going to talk more about was it Ty France or was it Luis Torrens getting hurt in a brawl? Oh, no one cares about Luis Torrens. Um, <laughs> no, it's Ty France. You know, he got hurt in the brawl. Or, no, he got hurt against the A's. I'm sorry. You said brawl, and that's where my head went. Um, <laughs> he got hurt against the A's. It looked a lot worse than it actually was, come to find out. Thank it goodness. Bad. It looked real bad. It looked like there was going to be some tore, some tears and stuff. And it's just a strain. It's a grade two strain, um, which is good. As of today, apparently, he's, you know, swinging at about 60%. Uh, using a fungo, um, he's he's really pushing it. Service said he's pushing it. He doesn't want to miss any more time than he absolutely has to. Yeah, um, yeah, they're more worried about him trying to do something stupid to get back. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is a valid concern, especially for a competitor. I mean, a guy like Ty France, he wants to get back. He wants to be out on the field, and especially with the season he's having. Oh, man, yeah. he could be an all star. He likely will. I don't know if he'll be a starter just because the Blue Jay fans, you know. There's more well, of them than, and not only that, but the name recognition. Name recognition goes a long way. Exactly, but Ty France is second, so it's very likely that he gets a nod. It's very likely that I would say even Julio. I think he's in like sixth place. I think he'll get. I think he'll get in. Yeah. And then today was the last day because there's going to be injury replacements all over the mm-hmm. place. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, so I have more good news about June. Jewel, besides just the record, the Mariners won six of nine series during the month of June. They did. They did. And that's fantastic that nice. because that that's one of the things I remember in 01 when obviously, you know, when the Mariners won all those games, I remember all season long, it was another series win, another series win. It wasn't how many they were winning in a row. It's how many series in a row they were winning. And so the Mariners beat Baltimore, Texas, Houston, um, Oakland beat the Angels. We'll get there in a minute. And then today they clinched the, the series against the Orioles. Um, that I feel like that one against Houston 
was huge. Huge. A, the it was biggest... in Houston. Yeah. And B, the Mariners have played so well against the Astros this They've season. They played really well this season against the Astros. They they have not let them just beat up on them like they have for the last since 2017 for the last five years. The Mariners have just been absolutely crushed. Yeah. Except when Currently Justin Berlander's on the six. Except Currently when six on and six. Currently six and six with a plus twelve run differential against the Astros. <clears throat> that is a really big deal because th- if they can get a couple more wins against them before the end of because I think they they are done playing them in July. Yeah, and then it's or beginning it's of, the yeah end of, the of end of July. Yeah, and like other than that, like I'm a little bit worried about the Angels because for some reason they match up really well against the Mariners this year. But I'm not worried about the Rangers. I'm not worried about the A's. No. A bunch of in division games against those guys. But the A's the, is the A's are our weekend series this weekend coming up. You know. Yes. This is a three out of four, or it's going to be interesting going into the break. You know, mm-hmm. this is a must yeah. win three of four. And they have yeah. the right pitchers going. They have, you know, Gilbert, Kirby, Marco, Ray. They do. Yeah, they so do. They and have... the last couple of years, the Mariners have matched up really well against, against the A's. They crushed them last season. They played well it's against smaller. them this year, swept them last week in yeah. Oakland, which I think is tough. Hopefully they can do something similar to or do the same thing um, mm-hmm. in Seattle. So I'm looking forward to that. Jewel, we got to talk brawling just for a minute, though, of before course. we get to our, our other stuff here. Of course. Um, so, I mean, we all saw it. We're obviously going to be on the same side of the fence with this. I mean, the thing that started the whole thing was Swanson going up and into Mike Trout, right? But unintentionally. Exactly. That's the problem. You watch it. You watch it, and it was unintentional. And then the mm-hmm. Angels decided to switch their pitcher Sunday morning to an opener, yeah. specifically for a player who could go out and get tossed, no repercussions. Exactly. Through behind Julio's head at like upper nineties. Yeah. And then hit Winker on the butt. Like at least it was on the butt. That was kind of nice that he did that. But that's an <laughs> intentional spot, you know. It is. Yeah, he meant to do it. And yeah. And the thing it like so do you listen you, you listen to David Sampson nothing personal yeah mm-hmm. did you hear when he talked about this he's like Artie Moreno ordered the hit if he didn't order it he can he told him to go ahead because he's like as a front office we knew every single intentional hit oh, by yeah. pitch that was coming and oh, so he's like there's no way he didn't know there's no way oh, he was like no wait way. why that's is why... Andrew Wan starting instead of Jose Suarez <laughs> and that's why that's why Nevin got such a heart that's why Nevin got ten games. Yeah, and I don't know if that was enough because man, he really instigated because he he and Rendon were re, were really trying to get Winker. They were really trying to get Winker, really trying to get Winker to come after him. Because because th- that was my other thing too. Was did you notice that like when Winker comes over, he wasn't met by Trout. Uh, he wasn't even met by uh, Jared Walsh. Yeah, no, he, I don't or, think Walsh, or Otani. Otani, or Trout even got into it. I no, think they, they were, were standing the outside. trying to break it up. Trout, the only thing Trout did was he went and he pulled Justin Upton out because he was on the ground. That was the one thing Trout did, but he never got in involved at all. And but it was it was, Rendon, it was Rendon and pitchers who and coaches who were greeting Winker. Like they had strategically placed guys there because they knew he oh, was yeah. going to come over. Mm-hmm. Like that was their plan all along. And that, oh, yeah. that really bugged me. Like it that really staged. rubbed me the wrong way. Oh yeah. No, it was it was all bad. All, all, all bad. So then, did you see this? Um, the White Sox, I didn't see who the pitcher was. Somebody for the White Sox on Tuesday night went up and in on Trout. 
I didn't know that. Exact same location as Swanson. Nothing. The White Sox are Justin. <laughs> you know, I don't even know how to evaluate the White Sox this year. So, well, the White Sox are a mess. That's that's the way to evaluate them. But that's the thing. That's the thing, though, that really irked me was that like somebody joked on Twitter, like, "Well, Andrew Wants is starting on Wednesday," you know. Mm-hmm. But the Angels did nothing about it. Like you cannot come after Seattle saying that they are intentionally throwing at Mike Trout when the whole league knows you pitch him up, right? Mm-hmm. Like you cannot yeah. pitch Trout low. You've got to pitch him up. Got to pitch him up, yeah. And, and I thought it was interesting, just like the comp, like to comp Trout to Harper. They both got thrown at within a couple days, and Trout didn't. Well, get Harper hit. didn't get Harper didn't get thrown at. He got hit. He got hit. Yeah, but Harper. I mean, Trout. If he would have got hit, it would have been unintentional. You know, it would have been unintentional. Trout Harper's was unintentional, and mm. he just took it. He even accepted an apology before going out the field. A lot like yeah, he did. Trout. Like there was no bad blood. There was no bad blood. There right. was no retaliation the next day by the Phillies. And Harper's season might be over. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. He thinks well, he's that's... gonna come back in like four, but I don't I don't know, man. I if I'm the Phillies, I look at I look at the season and think maybe uh let's let that elbow rest. Elbow, thumb, all of it. Yeah. But but we digress. No, and oh, and the last thing with this, the other problem I had with it was what Mike Trout said was when he said, "If you can't pitch inside, don't." It's like, well, do you want your guy to Lorenzen to not pitch inside either? Because he hit Justin Upton in the head. He actually yeah. hit him. Yeah. So. And again, the Angels, the players reached out to Upton mm-hmm. on that one. Said, "Yo, are you okay? You doing good?" Talk to him the yeah. next day on the field. Like, did like, the Mariners need to reach out to Trout and say, "Hey, no ill will. There was nothing. There was no intent there." Like, did they need to do that? Because sure, the Angels didn't even imagine someone did. I would think so, but like, no. But there was no sign of anybody being upset during the game. None. None. Right. Like, it's not like anybody was barking at Swanson saying, "Hey, don't throw up on our guy." Like, no. It was just. It was like, oh. Hold on to that one. Put it in your pocket for tomorrow morning. Yeah, you know it's like Artie Moreno's like on. we need to get a we need a spark. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it was. And then they go and they beat so they beat the uh, the White Sox pretty good on Monday, but then Tuesday they got stomped. <laughs> and that game, Trout and Otani both home, homered in that game too, and they got stomped. <laughs> and it's like it's like that meme that's like uh, that's like Mike Trout went four for four. With three home runs and Otani did something that's, that hasn't been done since done Tungsten since... Arm, Tungsten Arm O'Neill, and the Angels still lost to the Tigers thirteen to five. <laughs> and then just, that's the way things go for the Angels. And just to even make it even worse, Bill Nevin as a manager, total eighteen games. Games one, this was the day seven. after the suspension. Games one, seven. Game suspended, ten. Yeah. The first manager in history to be suspended for more games than they've won and be suspended for the first half of their career. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. It's a, I, and, and the one thing I did like was across the league fans calling the angels, a trash organization. It's like, you know, it makes me feel pretty good that people think that the angels are trash for doing this because I did, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. No, no one liked it. All right. So we talked. So there were some suspensions we talked about on the big show. There's a clip on YouTube. You can go back and watch that or listen to the entire episode. Came out on Tuesday if you want. But Joel, uh, go ahead and run us through um, some of the suspensions or not suspensions. Some of the transactions we've seen this month. The suspensions are still in appeal. Um, right. So yeah. So that's nobody's so, missed any time yet. 
Yeah, but one thing that the MLB did say, this is just the last thing, promise, promise baseball family, that they can stagger the suspension for Julio, Wink, and JP, but they cannot call up a replacement player. Right, and that's why they can stagger them, which yeah. I think is I think is fine. You can go, yeah. and this is the thing I said at the time. I was like, we can lose two out of three of those guys, but if we lose all three, we're losing this game. Like yeah, I had absolutely. no faith that they were going to win that game no. with all three of those guys gone. I have no problem trotting out two of the th- one of the three even yeah yeah same and a series against the a's if that's what it takes but yeah i'm sure we'll know more tomorrow um but anyways um back to the top so some uh minor league deals that were signed you had a bunch of pitchers some infielders and you had right-handed pitcher jacob barnes who signed a minor league deal with the mariners um i thought it was interesting just because he does have 247.1 innings pitched at the mlb level with a 4.73 ERA and a 200, 252Ks to 108 walks. I mean, um, Billy Hamilton signed a minor league deal. That's true. But that's good bullpen depth right there. Jacob Barnes has yeah. been in the MLB. He's played on some decent teams and whatnot. So um, we saw Ken Giles and Eric Swanson both come back. Uh, the Mariners acquired Ryan Baruki from the Blue Jays since he has been – very good for the Mariners. A great. Yeah, he had that option. one outing that was pretty. He had that one outing that was pretty brutal, but he's been good since then. Yeah. Other than that, he's been good. Um, claimed infielder Kevin Padlow, DFA Steckenrider. These are in order, so we're going through the month from the beginning. So Steckenrider was straight up like released, wasn't he? After uh, he no, waivers? he he Is passed. He and he's in AAA. He's in AAA. Okay. Right. Um, Evan White started a rehab assignment on the 14th. Drew Ellis was claimed off waivers on the 16th. Justin Upton was recalled on the 17th. Haggerty was option. Malone was selected on the 18th. Finally got into a game yesterday. Uh, maybe the day before. Um, he was crushing it at AAA. So he was I think like all those guys crushed it in AAA. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's I don't know what is in the Gatorade down in Tacoma, but all those guys played really well down there. Agreed. And then Justice Sheffield was up for the 18th and then option back on the 19th. Um the 20th was a very important day for transactions because this was a day that they DFA'd Romo, Elias, activated Giles, it called up Padlow, and that's when the rosters were shrunk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was – I'd like to know the record since then, since the 20th, but um, – I'm on it. Um, I'll keep going. On the 24th, Ty France was landed on the IL, 10 days. Um I doubt he returns before the all-star break. I seriously do. Um, Drew Ellis was recalled on the 25th. And this one was interesting. On the 25th, Mariners traded the Reds for outfielder Trey Ambergy. In the minors, he's a career 267, 320, 439 hitter with a 313 BABIP, 74 home runs, 319 games across various levels in the minor leagues. Um, since 2015 so this is a very interesting like quiet like depth acquisition right there yeah very quiet but a very solid minor league track record um real quick since real quick since the 20th uh the mariners are seven and two so and giles has been giles has been really good he had one kind of rough ish outing but outside Mm. of that since the 20th when they made these moves something clicked on the 20th like personally yeah, yeah. Um, and of those two losses one was the brawl one was so the, the brawl mariners game. were down three guys down three starters and then the, the other one was the next day when kirby got roughed up just had a bad outing 
Yeah. So. Which rookies happen. Um, yeah. He had to get one. Got to get it out of the way eventually. Yeah. Um, rather do it in June than right. in yeah, August, September. September, pushing for a playoff position. Um, on the 27th, the Mariners traded Wyatt Mills and right-handed pitcher William Fleming to KC for Carlos Santana. In June, Santana's been 33 for 69 with a 357, 478, 554 slash, five doubles, two home runs, 11 RBIs, 13 walks. Santana has a very good track record of productive summers Mm. and productive falls. He's great at getting on base. Slow starter, basically, is what you're saying. Very slow starter. But once he gets going, he's just, he's smart. He's old. He's like 36, 37. And um he's just he's just he gets on base a lot he walks a ton um also on the 27th the mariners placed luis terenz on the il recalled catcher andrew knapp from tacoma which i didn't agree with i thought if anyone should have got called up it should have been brian okefe um knapp's got more knapp's got experience i think that i think what they want is they want him defensively over terenz Exactly. And, you know, I'll take a good defensive upgrade to spell Raleigh for a day that can still handle the pitching staff well. Yeah, um, exactly. I'll take a vet. I'll take a vet back up to Raleigh until Harry Ford's ready. Um, yeah. Yep. Next, um, yesterday, um, Drew Ellis was optioned to um, AAA. Carlos Santana was activated, played in his first game today. Um, Kevin Padlow was placed. Uh, Kevin Padlow was optioned to AAA, so those guys had a little bit of a minor league stint or MLB stint. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos Taylor Trammell was placed in the 10-day IL. Tom Murphy wow. was transferred to the 60-day IL. Sam Haggerty got called up and made an impression. Dude, he had a heck of a game today. He had a heck of a <laughs> He got he himself a hustle time, double, still third. Game. Yeah, he had a, he had a, a great game. He had a heck of a I time think... up. So my thing with Haggerty, and I think you, you and I have talked about this before, is that Haggerty's actually like I love me some Demo, but I'll take Haggerty over Dylan Moore these days. Yeah, right? um, and then like, the last transaction was outfielder Marcus Wilson had his contract selected. He's been in the minor leagues for I want to say eight, six to eight years, something like that. Yeah, they called him a journeyman today, is what I heard. Uh, so journey- he made his debut, and his first plate appearance, he walked. And he like, was all over ninety nine. He was all over ninety nine. Yeah, like he, he was, was he was ready to let it rip. He did yeah, not hold back. It's like he we were knew saying the assignment. He, yeah, he he was he was right on ninety nine, and he didn't get fooled by anything. He was Mm-mm. it was a great at bat. I was impressed. And I that's think, one of his big characteristics I, is a great eye. That's his like saving grace in the minors. Man, yeah, yeah. I'd career. like to see him stick around. I'd like to see him in September for sure. Oh yeah, because he he could be a really good piece off the bench late in the game if we need him. Oh, I think so, so too. I think so, so. too. Um, All right, so those are our transactions for the month of June. Jewel, do you want to lead us off with one of your five takeaways from the month? Yes. Um, since we were just talking about him, I'll start here. Um, I'm in the Sam Haggerty cap. You talked about this. I showed you the sample sizes. The sample size is small, but if you take Sam Haggerty, Abraham Toro, Adam Frazier, and Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty is the best player of that of those four. <laughs> By the numbers, he is. By I think the he's numbers. the fastest. I think he's, he's the definitely fastest the fastest. The he's the most most athletic. Um, mm-hmm. He's the most versatile. Like he can literally play everywhere probably not first because he's a little small 
right. I I liked him in right field today. I thought that was great. There was a ball that dropped, but I was kind of like, if Haggerty's not catching that ball, nobody's catching it because it dropped oh, yeah. right in front of him. He was all over it too. Yeah. Yeah, he, he uh, played it well. And I I like him in the infield too. I think I prefer him in right, but I, I, I like I like Sam Haggerty a lot. Yeah, I'm a I'm in the Sam Haggerty cap. I think he's I think this time up he earns a stay. It's yeah, I think because especially with the suspensions coming, I, I'm pretty sure he'll last through that because we need that flexibility. Yes, definitely. Um, because you just don't get it with Abraham Toro. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um now Hold on with Toro because everybody's been bagging on Toro this year, right? Because he's been terrible, straight I've up terrible. The, the but the one. last week he's been really good. He hit that home run after the brawl, made it look like the Mariners were going to pull that one out. Marco had a oh, bad yeah. inning and couldn't come back. Two doubles today, and he's pretty much been a double doubles machine the last week. So maybe he's coming around. Maybe it was just a really slow start for him. I like Abraham Toro more than I like Luis Torrens. I do too, because Torrens hasn't even hit a home run this year. No. <laughs> and he's had his chances. And he was crushing them last year late. Yeah, yeah. Like, I keep saying every single day, I'm, on, I'm in a Mariners group on Facebook, and I keep saying, like, somebody's like, hey, Padlow's going to hit a home run today. Haggerty's going to get a home run. I'm like, you know who's going to get a home run? is Luis Torrens. Luis Torrens is going to hit a home run today. And he hasn't. He hasn't done it. I don't think I've seen him make solid contact on – Anything other than a foul ball this season. Yeah. And I just don't think Haggerty's a power guy. He's he's a no, slapper. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's too gonna small. slap like, and he's gonna use the speed. Like you say, like I say he's too small, which is no there's no such thing as somebody being too small to hit a home run, but he's no he's too small to be a power guy. Yeah. He'll hit one and it'll be awesome. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. And we're all gonna cheer. <laughs> and his walk up music is the greatest. What is it? He walks up to the intro of the Godfather. Nice. That's awesome. That's amazing. So I'm a I'm a Haggerty fan. I I'm taking right Haggerty over Toro and Demo Demo and Adam Frazier, who is a bottom ten player in the MLB in OPS. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Adam Frazier, I'm gonna skip down because he was not my number one takeaway, but he's on there. And my takeaway is he might be a problem. I... Like. Explain yourself. Generally speaking, a problem. Explain yourself. Explain yourself. So I was I was thinking, I was like, you know, the Pirates were awfully eager to get rid of him last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the, that's the Pirates thing. Send a guy to the All-Star game, then you trade him away, right? Tyler yeah. Anderson got, got traded as well. Except, um, the Brian Mariners, Reynolds. For, except for Brian Reynolds. They just... For now. But they've got O'Neill Cruz. They've got a reason to win. They've got a reason to hold on to Reynolds. Oh, now they got Cruz. Cruz. Who is just in a freak love of nature. With O'Neal Cruz. He's, a, I know, he's we literally are. the MLB show create a player in real life. <laughs> he's a six foot seven shortstop. Like, where do you yeah. find this guy? Well, there's another guy on the Dust Devils here, uh, left an outfielder, Edwin Yone. He's uh-huh. 6'8", and he's ginormous. Yeah, they're big dudes, man. I was up next to him yes- yesterday at the game. Uh-huh. And like I ran past him during um the dash to the outfield mid game with my kids. Uh-huh. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, dude. All those dudes are just built though. All of them. Yeah, they are. That and that's there's a difference between minor league minor leaguers and major leaguers, and you can see it in their physique. Mm-hmm. I feel like. 
that there are some guys who are built for the minor leagues and some guys are built for the major leagues and you can see it. But anyway, back to Adam Frazier. So I was curious, like how teams did with how the Padres and the Pirates did with, with and without Frazier last year. So first the Pirates started the season 23 and 43. Um, That's not good. And then it's the Pirates though. Um, oh, sorry. That was how they ended the season. Sorry. They ended the season 23 and 43. I guess I didn't get anyway, um, which was actually better than the first part of their season, which is saying something. Um, <laughs> but the Padres, the Padres were really where we saw this. Cause I feel like Adam Frazier, like he had a good year last year. He was an all-star everything. So mm-hmm. I, I think he might've been a big contributor cause the Pirates even won 10, won 10 games in a row at one point last year, which is mm-hmm. Pretty impressive, especially for Pittsburgh. Um, But the Padres, I feel like, is more damning um, because before Adam Frazier, before the trade, they were 59 and 44. I mean, they're 15 games over 500. And then after they made the trade, they were 20 and 39. No way. The rest of the way, 19 games under 500. That's the reason they, I mean, obviously the math adds up. That's why they finished the season under 500. And I don't know that he was necessarily a problem because there were other clubhouse problems there. Um, Yeah. You know, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis were not exactly getting along the entire time. Tatis yep. was injured. They moved him to the outfield. He really struggled. And so I don't I don't know. But right now, the Padres are 45 and 31. So maybe Tatis is somewhat of the problem. We don't know. We don't know. But, but Frazier really struggled in San Diego. His numbers dipped considerably. So the first half of the season with Pittsburgh, he had... 324 average, four home runs, 32 RBIs. Um, he had five stolen bases, an OPS of 836. And then when he was in San Diego, 267 average, one home run, 11 RBIs, um, and a 662 OPS. Still mm. not like bad. I'd take that, right? Yeah. But this year, it's dropped even more. Yeah, and it's bad. Like he's he's hit one home run. He's batting 221 with a 586 OPS. And and Joel, you mentioned that he's bottom 10 in the league of OPS with OPS. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I'm not expecting Adam Frazier to hit home runs. One home run from him this season is fine. What I want is I want doubles. He has 12 doubles this season. At this point last hits? year, he's got 62 hits. Because because but those have come in chunks the for the home the opening home stand right he went like i want to say he was like six for ten or something like that you yeah know, like he had a four hit game he had a three hit game or whatever so he might have been like seven for three i don't know he he crushed that opening home stand and i was yeah. like dude i even told you I was like dude i love adam frazier all that yeah dude does yeah on base. He, he reeled us all in yeah and today he actually had a pretty decent day but he's been so bad in between so bad. He's already got 36 strikeouts. In the first part of the season last year, he only had 46 total. He had 23 in San Diego last year. And then in 2019, he had 75 the whole year. So he's regressed a ton. ton. I wonder if some guys, when they regress, they get a bad attitude. And I wonder if there's a problem there. And I'm curious if they're going to try to move him. And granted, there's not much to move there. You're not going to get much back. But, but if at you the can same get time, like it's... a reliever, what was that? At the same time, like there's plenty of teams that would take you know the shot on Adam Fraser. 
Yeah, they know? would. And, yeah, and maybe he just needs a change of scenery. I don't know. Yeah. But I was really high on him at the beginning of the season, but he has not been good of late. So maybe it's just a wicked slump. I don't know. Maybe they're going to give him a chance to break out of it. But it's gotten to the point where he's been pulled for matchups, which is not something you do for all-stars. No. And especially when you start the season being the leadoff hitter, and now you're the nine-hole hitter. Yes. On a matchup basis. That has been a big problem is that he's moved down the lineup. And I don't know if that's a consistency. If if that is leading to the – if that's part of the problem is that they just have too many guys on this team who can bat lead off. So it's like, Oh, you can, you're not doing well right now. We're going to move you down the order. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that there are some guys who bat better at the top of the order. Right. And then the other thing with it is I thought that maybe he was having problems being played out of position in the outfield, but I went back and looked and he's played mostly in the outfield for a lot of his career. Yeah. He played a lot of second base the tor- towards the end of his time in Pittsburgh, but he's, He's a, he's an outfielder as well, so yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's weird. It's baffling because I was had high expectations, high hopes of Frazier, yeah. but he's been a major disappointment. I hope that he's not infecting the clubhouse. We hope not. We hope not. All right, so, that was me getting long winded on Adam Frazier. You go ahead. Cool. <laughs> You're good. Um, I'm gonna hit up um, my next one. Um, I'm actually gonna talk about a coach. I'm gonna talk about Perry Hill. Um, the Mariners infield coach. The Mariners are currently, what is that, second in the MLB in errors? Like first, errors, like, last I saw, last I saw, they had the best uh, best fielding percentage in the league. Okay, so they're top, they're one two, they're somewhere right there across defensive metrics, majority mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just how good Perry Hill has been with Eugenio Suarez. The last three seasons before this season. So starting in 2021, going back to 2020, 2019, 20 or 2019, negative six defensive run saves at third base, negative four in 2020, negative three in um, 2021, this season, plus four defensive runs saved. Wow. Plus seven difference. That's awesome. That's a third baseman. That's that's your third baseman right there. And yeah. that's a huge credit to the coaching staff. Suarez has talked about it himself. Like from day one, Perry Hill was like, get in here. We're going to work. This is what you're working on. And Suarez soaked it all up because he said he didn't get that in Cincinnati. Well, they tried to put him in because shortstop. they were trying to move him between third and shortstop. He's not a shortstop. Look at the guy. I mean, come on. <laughs> He's not built for it. Um, but even Suarez has just like praised like the coaching staff especially Perry Hill, like for just this drastic change in his career defensively. And you watch the last like week of games and he's made dang near every single play at third base. You could want. He's been nails, man. And that was one big thing that I was worried about not having Seager. I was like, who's going to nail down that third base? Because I thought they were just getting a bat. I mean, I told you this before. Yeah. I thought they were just getting a bat in Suarez and they're going to have to sacrifice some defensively with him. But man, he's been lights out. And I was, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I was pushing for Toro at third base because I liked him there. But, dude, yeah. I'll take Suarez at third. Yeah, Suarez sure. looked real good. Um, so that's number yeah. two for me. Nice. Um, real quick, sidebar, speaking of Perry Hill, um, did you see that when Toro played first base against Houston, he was wearing a Perry Hill first baseman's glove? Yes, I did because he didn't have one, and yeah. they had nobody else. And so Hill's like, take it, you need it. And it has a gold glove emblem on it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was listening. I was actually listening to the game. I rarely listen to the games, but I think it was Gold Goldsmith and and Blowers were trying to figure out like whose glove is that? Because Toro's obviously not a Gold Glove first baseman. Yeah. But anyway, could have called up was... Evan White. Could have been like, <laughs> "Yo, can you can you drive up White's glove from AAA for me?" <laughs> well, he's I mean he's a lefty, so that wouldn't work. Oh crap, that's but... true. Anyway, all right. Okay, uh, next takeaway for me is the pitching has been unreal. We talked about it earlier. They had a streak of, what was it, 21 games where they gave up three runs or less? That 26. Because That's right, because it ended. Last time I saw it, it was 21, but it ended yeah. against Baltimore It ended this on Kirby's. Week. Yeah. It ended on Kirby's, and then Robbie Ray started it again the next day. Yeah, ended it to start it up again. So <laughs> they've been... Lights out. Absolutely amazing. This is what we expected from this pitching staff. Oh, yeah. And even the bullpen has been amazing. Absolutely been really amazing during this stretch. These have been low, incredibly low-scoring games. Like I said, the problem has been the bats. The bats come around. The pitching come around. This team is going to be very, very, very good in the second half if it all clicks together at once. And I'm yep. really looking forward to it and really hoping that's what happens. So yep. pitching is awesome right now. Go ahead, Joel. What you got Agreed. next? And that's that's actually my that's actually my third. Um, <clears throat> but one pitcher in particular that I'm just I'm a huge fan of this kid. He's not even a kid. He's 28. But uh, Penn Murphy. Oh yeah, he's awesome. Penn Murphy, you know, came out of nowhere, dude. Completely out of nowhere, and he's pitched to a 1.82 ERA, 2.12 FIP, 35 Ks to eight walks. Yeah, he's That's been awesome. 2022. 20, 20, I didn't grab the innings, but well, he's. I feel like he's replaced Steckenrider in this year's in this year's bullpen, right? Oh, like last year, last year it was like, oh yeah, Steckenrider's coming in, lights out. Uh, not so much this year, but we got Penn Murphy instead, so it's okay, right? And they've even slowly been moving him into more and more leverage positions. They started him uh -huh. off in like the fifth, sixth inning, middle then relief, after a couple yeah. weeks. Now he's getting seven, eight, and he got a ninth inning look today, a mop up one, but still a ninth inning. Yeah, get him, like, get him used to you it. Don't just give a rookie a ninth inning. Well, and and this is one of the things too is that Saul Seawald has been a great closer for the Mariners, right? He's been really, mm -hmm. really good. But <laughs> there was a stretch where he was giving up a home run at the, the exact wrong moment. And so I feel like if you can get another guy in there and platoon Murphy and Seawald in the closing spot, that'd be really beneficial, A, going into the end of the season. But also, if the Mariners make the playoffs, they get into a series and set, like get past the one-game playoff and get into a series, having two guys who can close games out would be You, you awesome. have four guys who can close games out with experience closing out games. You have Seawald, you have Murphy, you have Castillo, and you have Giles. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Got four closers on that list. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess by that time, Giles will be ready to close things out. I think at this point, he's still like middle relief setup man material for me. Yeah, he you he know? worked a good worked a good inning today. He did. Yeah, very I was clean impressed. two days. Yeah, Just, they're but, being very cautious with him. They use him like once every once a series, it seems. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm fine with for now. Yeah. I think it's good for him. All right, um, I'm going to go on to. So this is this is actually an issue that I've I've noticed this month is it's kind of coming around, but depth depth has been a problem. Is <laughs> like I said, we lose three starters on Sunday against the Angels, and it, the game is over. 
there's no chance. I mean, no. the pitch, pitchers kept it close, which was I really appreciated, but at the same time, like there was no winning that game. No, which no. was disappointing because it was a one-run ball game. Um, yeah. Like I said, I like Dylan Moore. I really like Sam Haggerty. I really like today. I liked Wilson, right, mm-hmm. Marcus Wilson, but. They're not guys who you can put in. And I like Taylor Trammell a lot too, but I don't think that they're guys that you can put in and be like, yes, they're a staple at their position. Like Taylor Trammell is a matchup guy. As soon as they bring in a left-handed pitcher, he's out. He's He's out. Yeah, he's out of the game. Yeah. And so, and like like we said, Toro has had a brutal year so far, so there's no relief there. Terence has had a terrible year. There's no relief there. So, and Frazier with his awful year, like, man, it – Today, the bottom of the lineup did put together all the production, but at the same time, at 90% of the time, it's one through four. Those guys yeah. are doing it. Mm-hmm. And you lose any of them. We're going to lose some of them to suspensions here pretty soon. And it's a little scary. It's the, the only saving grace at this point, I feel like, is the fact that the week schedule comes up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great – We have a, I think we talked about it, and the Mariners have like the 20 – like a bottom like five or seven like – I think, they're the 24th. I think they're 24th in strength of the schedule after being first yeah. through this point. So that's really encouraging and makes me think that there's a really good chance that things are gonna that they're gonna pull things out and make playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, on to my fourth. And you know, I, I love me some prospects. I love me some, you know, thinking about the future. Um and this was as of June 28th. I'm pretty sure I sent this over to you, but um, catcher Harry Ford with the Modesto Nuts. Um, he's really finding his groove. His last 10 games as of June 28th, 450, 500, 925, 1.425 OPS, 18 hits, five doubles, four triples, a catcher hitting four triples, um, 15 runs scored, 11 RBIs, five walks, nine Ks, and two stolen bases. That's two rare. stolen bases <laughs> and triples. Catcher. Yes. Triples and stolen bases from your catcher. Yes, I love it. It's Harry Ford. He's out. He's outplayed um, low A. I'm waiting for him to get called up um, to high A. It might uh, be a matter of room it's on the roster. Probably just age and development because he's only he's only 20, but there's definitely space on the uh, Aqua Sox roster. Well, he spent he spent last year with the Modesto Nuts as well because he got drafted yeah. last year, right? Yeah. yeah so, so I wouldn't be surprised if they call him up next few weeks take him up to the aqua Sox. um yeah i think i think really it is just a matter of room on the roster they're gonna have to make some moves and i think they're just waiting i would imagine this after the trade deadline to see who kind of moves where what prospects they move and could be what spots are open and and then of course the draft too because the draft being later i was actually Mm -hmm. talking to um the voice of the dust devils doug um he's like yeah, with the draft being later this year, it really puts our roster in like a really weird place for the second half of the season that we're in now. Um, and with the draft being later, it's like some of those high picks, the first, you know, one, two, three rounds could end up in high A, could end up in low A straight from the draft. Well, the, because so low A is the bottom now. There's no more rookie league right after no. the realignment. So they're going to be in at least in low A, but they could there's very the, well end up in high A. Yeah. There's the ACL. Yeah, but they don't. I don't feel like they necessarily put guys there. No, they'll uh, put they'll drafted. put a lot of these guys because the draft's shorter this year. I'm pretty sure it's only 20 rounds. Um, I think you're right. 
I remember. So, and not even all the guys signed. You know, a team could draft 20 players, 23 players, only sign 18 of them, and five go back in. You know, yeah, it's not something that will be allows, uh, especially yeah. high schoolers. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's it's just interesting. It's just really going to depend on the draft and tra- depend on the trade deadline before some of these prospects just really start moving around and prospects get shipped for prospects right now and um yeah yeah. it'll yeah it'll be interesting so the draft starts july 17th and ends on july 19th and it is Mm -hmm. 20 rounds like you said um i think you're right i think that is what they're waiting for is they're waiting to see how they're going to shift their rosters around after that happens see who see who assigned to see who comes to their uh, assigned team and all that so yeah i, I bet we'll see been playing collegiate wood bats this summer and yeah working yeah, out I, and i think you're right i think we'll see harry ford and everett uh after pro- probably july 22nd is my Ish, guess. yeah probably so, awesome all right i love it i am excited for harry ford i am really excited because he is the catcher i always wanted to be but was not um yeah dudes dude's an enigma he's gonna be one of those catching talents that's just mm-hmm. if you know things continue the way they are. He yeah. also isn't he also plays outfield. Um so he's a catcher outfielder, kind of like a Dalton Bear show and a couple other guys yeah. that are out, and out Bryce there Harper. <laughs> yeah. So <you laughs> but I think know. they drafted him with full intent to move him to the outfield. Yeah. And in high A, a lot of guys get moved around positionally. A lot of guys get a lot of work all around like positions next door, just really just trying to I could see that work them out so it's interesting it's interesting yeah. to see what will happen next well and one of the problems with him being with it being outfield though is the outfield we've talked about is already really crowded in seattle um mm-hmm. but i honestly if he's a step up from cal raleigh keep him a catcher keep yeah him a catcher absolutely i haven't looked at his defensive metrics at all because those are really hard to find at the low levels of the yes. minors yeah it's impossible basically yeah. um because they don't care about defensive metrics down there but yeah, everything's offense. Yeah. yeah. You, can, right, you can have 10 errors and bat 500 and they'll call you up. Oh, 100%. Okay. My next thing. So I talked about how the, how things are, they're just not deep right now. Right. Like that's an issue is depth. However, I don't feel like it's going to take an all-star roster to get this thing, get this team to the playoffs. It just has to click. Just has, just to, has click. to click. For a while there, it was offense. For a while there, it was pitching. If we can get both things going at once, this team is unstoppable. Oh, 100%. Agreed. Like, if they can play the Astros the way that they've been playing them, they can play against anybody like that because the Astros have been a wrecking ball against everybody else this season. I mean, the Yankees didn't lead in a four-game series, and they split. Oh, yeah, that Yankee series is nuts with the Astros, and the Yankees yeah. are supposedly the cream of the crop in the MLB right now, but the Astros look like the team to beat. and the Mariners They do right them. now. If yeah, the Mariners, Mariners beat can, up on them. If they can beat the Astros, anything's possible. Yeah, so I, I think that I think it just has to click, and I think we're just – it feels like we're just right there with it, right? Yes. That it, any one of these days they're just going to go on a tear, and it, we could be in the middle of it right now, like we said. Seven and two this month could be in the middle of it, and we could be seeing it, and it could be the start of things. But it's it's just got to click, and and this team will be in the playoffs. And that, all right, what do you have? That's an excellent segue into my last one. It's the okay. lineup after the All Star break. Lineup after the All Star break looks like this: J.P. Crawford, Ty France, Julio, Winker, Haniger, 
Lewis, Suarez. Suarez gets moved on to seven. It'll probably be up and up a little bit, you know, with, with these guys coming back, but Cal Raleigh at eight and then whoever at second base. <laughs> Which um, is funny because that's the same thing we were saying last year. So whoever is playing second base that day, Dylan Moore or whoever. Or, you know, even <laughs> I doubt it would happen, but, you know, France at second. He has experience playing second. You put Santana at first, let Lewis DH. It could happen just to, you know, get the right – get everyone reps and keep your best lineup on the field. If Santana's crushing it and mm-hmm. Lewis is crushing it, you're not going to put Lewis in the outfield until next year probably. Or ever. I point. mean, at this point, you just keep him as a DH. He's an organizational DH. I'm fine with it. Very Jordan Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Except he, he plays after every once in a while. And he and played it today and got a concussion. Yes, he did. Um, poor guy. That was that was a bad hit. But um, yeah, no, that's my lineup. The lineup is the biggest takeaway. You know, post the All-Star break, Julio, France, Winker, Haniger, Crawford, you know, Suarez, Lewis, Santana, Raleigh. Like, that's a mm-hmm. playoff team. That's that a, is a playoff those are, team. Those are two playoff lineups. You have mm-hmm. Adam Frazier. Dylan Moore, Abraham Toro, Sam Haggerty, Taylor Trammell, you know, all these guys. That's, that's one of the things about all that is that there are enough guys that you can platoon second base and pinch hit as you need to. Exactly. Frazier Haggerty, has not Moore, been great defensively, Frazier. but I'll take him over some guys defensively. I'll take Dylan oh, yeah. Moore defensively at second base. He's been great. Sam Haggerty second base? Sure, yeah. Yeah, you so know? second base can be platoon, but – Keep the top eight like that with Cal Raleigh, how good he's been. Mm-hmm. He's established that himself bad as the at the bottom catcher. of the lineup. That bad at the bottom of the lineup is awesome. I love it. Following Suarez, even like mm-hmm. it's insane. Just if everything would have went to plan this year, yeah. the Mariners would probably have a similar record to the Yankees, especially with they, the pitching and everything. They'd at least be contending with the Astros right now. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't be 13 games behind. They maybe be one to three. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. It's Haniger, crazy. Hanniger probably be an MVP talk. So we, uh, we had David Sampson on the big show and I said, and he's, and he's like, I can't believe how disappointing the Mariners have been. He's like, I had them winning the West. And I said, I told him, I said, I didn't, I didn't because I feel like the Astros are still the cream of the division. Um, I was like, but I did have them close and I had them making the playoffs easily. Um, it's like, but the Mitch Hanniger injury and he, and he did cut me off, and he said, well, everybody has injuries. And I didn't get a chance to say, well, most teams don't have injuries as significant as Mitch Hanniger and Kyle Lewis. Yeah. Right? That and could Tom be Murphy. 30 home runs. Could, But that could be 30 home runs right there between the two of them. And that's oh. a huge deal because that goes into that goes into my, my final one is the offense has not been terrible, has not been bad. The problem is they're leading Major League Baseball – and runners left on base. That if you have mm-hmm. Hanniger and you have Kyle Lewis, guys who are proven hitters with runners in scoring position, mm-hmm. runners on base, that no number cuts down. Base. That that runner or that number cuts down big time, and they're scoring runs and not leaving those guys on. Yep. And that's the problem. That's the offensive problem is that they're getting hits, they're getting on base, but they just can't get the hit to bring them around. The number of times, I mean, how many times they load the bases against the against the angels last week, like four times in one game. Yeah. Yeah. That's infuriating guys get on base. We just don't have anyone to really bring them in. The guys that could bring them in are also on base. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly, because they're getting the hits to get on base. But exactly, but there's like a black hole in the lineup, especially when Torrens is there and Toro late, you know, before the last week, and they're not bringing them in. So it's it's a problem. I I think that if if they cut that number down, um, especially like I said, when Hanniger and Lewis get back, if they can cut that left on base number down, um, they'll be fine. Yeah. No. Agreed. I I think it's a big second half looming. You know, I think so too. I'm really optimistic. 36 and or 36 and 41 today, right? So um, almost at the halfway check. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, 78 games, 77, 78 games. After the Oakland series, we'll be halfway there. If we can come out three or four against Oakland, mm-hmm. it's a very interesting July with trades. And because the Mariners already got the trade party started with the Santana deal. Yep. Yeah. You know, you know, there are going to be, be some deals made, you know, they're going to be there. And this, so this is real quick. This is a bonus one. Um, I said, after the first month, I said that the Mariners need to figure out how to win on the road. They've been better on the road than they have been at home. 19 and 22 on the road, 18 and 19 at home. That's encouraging. Cause you're not going to, you can't continue to lose at home. No, you, you just won't, especially that with the summer. Work. Fans getting out to the park and, yeah, you know, it's just better weather. It was a pretty crappy weather up in Seattle the first part of the season. That I went to a bad. game in April when it was freezing. Yeah. I'm going to a game on Sunday. Uh, nice. It's a day game, and it's supposed to be like 80, and I'm like, We're perfect. That will be perfect. So. That will be awesome. But Seattle baseball family, let us know what you think about the marriages month. Are we being delusional by being so optimistic going into the second half of the season? I feel like like June was a good month. I think it was a sign of good things to come. Um, but let me know what you think. You, there's a link down in the description of every single episode. You can send us an email. You can jump in the mailbag and let us know what you think. You can also go to baseballtogether.com. There is a link at the top of the navigation to send us an email through the mailbag. While you're on the interwebs, hop on to 9plusus.com, spell it out, N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. There's a link down in the description to the Seattle collection. You'd co- use code CPOD, S-E-A-P-O-D, to get 15% off your order anytime. Not just your first order, anytime you order Seattle Baseball Together merchandise. And we have a not-sexy shirt that Jewel and I both wore last month available just for you. Shirt, tank top, sweatshirt. Go check it out. Jewel, tell them about the Ball Boy blog. And, you know, while you're on the interwebs buying some great merch, the Not Sexy shirt is excellent. Um, actually saw a poll on Twitter today was, don't think, just click. Who's who's sexier, Marco Marco Gonzalez or Robbie Ray? Who did you pick? Um, I think my finger landed on Robbie Ray. Oh, I landed on Marco, so we canceled each other out. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, theballboyblog.com, ballboyblog.com, um, ballboyblog on Twitter. Um, Instagram, Facebook, all the socials, um, you know, just really starting to go away from more of my pieces over the last two years that were very statistic heavy, very research intensive, just because I got time for that. Um, and I just wasn't having fun. So now we've moved to more beat writing, um, for a local minor league baseball team. We've moved to just more, just fun ideas, you know, summer vibe checks, um, Mm -hmm. Is it time when I broke that one got like 300 views, um, you know, just about the Mariners, just like what they should do next. I'm still personally in the camp that if we fired service, which I doubt at this point, the job should go to Negron. Um, 
If you haven't checked that out, go and check that out because you'd be surprised about Negron's track record managing um, with the Mariners. Very, very surprising for me to learn. Um, But, yeah, that's all I got. So. Awesome. I think that is going to be a talking point next month, depending on how things go, is that midway through May into June, we were ready for service to be canned, which has been – I have not been calling for that. But I thought maybe the team had hit the ceiling. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. I think we're going to evaluate at the end of the season how service is done because I think he's going to make it through. Um, So I guess that's a little tease for the end of the season and maybe months coming forward because – uh, are coming in because who knows what July, August, and September hold. So we'll see, see what the, happens. The next four weeks for baseball in general. It's the mm-hmm. only major sport out there on TV. Next two months. Next two months. It's going to be a crazy month of June for a lot of teams just really doing some soul searching and mm-hmm. trying to figure out if they're playing for it this year or if they're you know shipping it off to 2023, if not even 2024 for some teams. Yeah. Um, just depending on what they the moves they make. So, yep, exactly. But baseball family, thank you so much again for joining us. We really appreciate appreciate you listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you can. Like, go check us out on YouTube. Uh, we do put this up on the Baseball Together YouTube page. Um, but baseball family, thank you once again, and we will catch you next month. Thanks, baseball family.